why did we have to fall so far? Why did it have to get so bad? Why did we have to screw everything up so bad? Like, why? Why did we just keep falling and falling and falling and falling? And I just heard him speak deep in my spirit. He said, because when you finally hit rock bottom, you would know I was the rock on the bottom. And you would put your feet back down and you would stand mm-hmm. back up. And I was like, oh, because that's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. We floundered and we fought and we, mm-hmm. you know, tread water for years and years and years, trying to change one another, trying to conform one another into our image, trying to, you know, do this, this half is yours and this half is mine. And On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, everyone, to the Choose to Think podcast, or welcome back if you're new to the show. We're so glad you're here, and I am delighted today to introduce to you someone named Tennille Bradley, and Tennille and I met, oh goodness, it was probably last year in a social or in a kind of a business networking group online called, um, help me to nail coffee, coffee and girlfriends and coffee. Girlfriends and coffee. Yes. Yes. And, it. yes. and so she and I were both speakers at a particular event that was being hosted by that group. And that's really where I met her. And I tuned in to some of what she shared about at that point, it was about health and was it like prebiotics and, um, just the, the gut, thing? Am I getting that right? It was so fascinating. Yeah, I actually, the things I'm passionate about are health and marriage and because health and marriages give you healthy marriages, right? So um, I teach people about molecules called transfer factors. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to my daughter-in-law about that too, because that's, it sounds so fascinating. And so you're still, you still have that business as well. I do. Yeah, actually, that was a business I did not look for. Well, I I didn't look for any of this. Jesus just kind of dropped it in my lap and said, go run. Um, But I actually, when my husband retires next year, we will start our flight ministry. God asked us 20 years ago to do it. And it's um, then we joined the military and have done this life. And anyway, we are on the verge of retirement when we get to start this flight ministry. And transfer factors came into our lives. Um, God is just asking us to help meet health needs in rem- remote locations where there's not medical care, where there's not um, people aren't ex- uh, medical services aren't ex- accessible. Mm-hmm. And so I teach people about these molecules and what they do in regards to our health, whether it's autoimmune stuff or cancer stuff or gut health or brain health or. Um, because God, he designed our immune systems and they're incredible and we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We just need to like, look at what he did. No. Oh my goodness. I didn't know about your flight ministry. My goodness. That sounds exciting. Oh my goodness. And what you're saying about our body and our immune system. I never thought we would start here necessarily other than just kind of by means of introduction, but I just watched a, uh, uh, I've been watching more and more podcasts. I like the model health show and Uh Sean Stevenson is his name there. And the impact of the medicines we're taking, even something like ibuprofen, it's just blowing my mind. And I'm like, no, thank you. I want to use whole foods and, you know, natural remedies and good water and green teas, all those things to help me achieve that optimal health that I'm looking for. So, so hats off to you for that. I do want to read your, a little bit of your bio, what you shared with me so that everybody will know, you know, who you are and just a little bit more of the behind scenes about you. And this is what I'd like to share with you all listening here. This is what Tanil has written. She says, throughout our 18 years of marriage and 20 years together, God has been busy 
behind the scenes, lining up the details to bring us here. God is in the business of taking two broken, selfish people and determining to make them fit for him and for one another. That's exactly what he did for us, she says about her marriage. God gave me the nickname Tessie. Tessie? Is that how you said her? Tess? Yep. Yep. Tania okay. and Jess. Well, Tessie. Okay. An Italian word meaning he weaves like a master weaver. He weaves as he taught me the beautiful things that happen as he weaves a husband and a wife together into one. He took a Tennille and he took a Jesse and then he so thoroughly shook us up knowing that the temporary hardship would cause our hearts to forever be bound together with his and one another in the most incredible and profound way. Knowing that an intimate relationship with God allows for and facilitates an intimate relationship with our hubbies, my heart, this is Tanil's heart, is to help women press into Jesus and bridge the gap as they wait on God to answer their prayers regarding their marriages. I provide biblically based content, tools, and support to help the women, to help women, no wait, tools and support to women that helps them be prepared for the beauty waiting on the other side of the valley. And I just love that because I know that many of my listeners to Neil are married. And that's a topic that has not come up very often. We've talked a lot about relationships and just a, a, a whole lot of different people have appeared and guests on the show who have shared their perspective. Often it's been emotional trial or hardship. We've had so many different topics like from suicide and then the health thing, because I'm kind of like you. It's mm -hmm. we're we're we are physical beings and so we need to take care of our health. We right. have the spirit. We're spiritual in that sense. And our faith is critically mm -hmm. important. We have the wealth and the purpose bucket. And then we have relationships and and how we love on others and our family and, and all of that. So so to, so I, we talk about all those things, but I'm not talked often about literally about marriage. So that's what we're going to dig into today. Yay. And I would love from your perspective and with your experience, we're going to talk about thoughts because we always want to, you know, I, that's my jam. That's my ministry yep. is what am I thinking about? Mm -hmm. And because my thinking drives my emotions and my feelings, yep. which in turn influences my actions and my behavior. So yeah. when it comes to marriage, I can imagine, and I could probably start my own list mm -hmm. of toxic thinking yeah. that, or, or mindsets that are harmful, that we get stuck in that mm -hmm. are not beneficial mm -hmm. and that are essentially very harmful for both us and our spouses. So this is a huge question, but could you think of maybe one, two, three thoughts that you've heard a lot, maybe from your clients or in your group, where people are expressing a thought that they're really having that's legitimate. There's nothing really sinful necessarily about a thought. And we don't know when to camp out there, like if it's a lust-filled thought, then we might be able to say, mm, you know, because Jesus talked about that a little bit. But just in general, a thought that maybe married couples have that they need to reframe. Um, yes, yes. There are so many. There are so many. When you messaged me, I was like, oh, I mean, we could just we could do this for days and weeks. And <laughs> um, but so um Victoria, I think in analogies, I think in pictures. And so one of the things that I have shared with my group in the past, I thought I would share it with you today because um it helps. It just helps me when I have a picture. And so the world, the world is screaming really loudly, especially at women right now that we're supposed to be independent. Okay. And this thought of that we are supposed to be independent is honestly so much more toxic than we know. You call it a toxic mindset. I call it lies. It's a lie. 
Um, it's the same, the same thing. I just call them lies. Um, because in my group, we work through the lies. And so this lie is so loud and so prevalent that if it doesn't affect us now, at some point it tries to sneak in to tell us that we're supposed to be independent. And so this is the, this is the little, um, this is the little analogy I have. Okay. So God, you know, when he brings us together, like this little boy and girl, they fall in love. Okay. And they get married and the world tells us that two become one are supposed to look like this, that I'm supposed to be totally me and I'm going to do my thing. And my husband's going to be totally him and he's going to do his thing. And we're going to be independent and yet united. We're going to be totally separate. And yet we're going to do this life together really well. And, and girl, girl, God showed me one day. He was like, why? I'm trying to make you both purple. I'm trying to make you like me. Like, I'm trying to make you both in my image. And I need you to stop worrying so much about maintaining your image and being fully you and trying to find yourself. And I just need you both mm. to look at me because I really want to make you purple. And something super incredible happened when men and women who were both created in his image, right? We're both made in his image. When we stop trying to be independent and we learn to depend on one another in healthy ways, then we get to be woven together and we get to become more like him and we get to understand his heart better because he's trying to make us purple. He's trying to make us look like him. And, um, and we hear it so often that we're supposed to be independent. We're supposed to um, just do it on our own. We're, so, we're supposed to be self-sufficient and self-sustaining and nothing about that's biblical. Mm. Yeah, I, I love this so much. And I thought of the song, do you remember the song, I am woman, hear me roar? Do you remember that? <laughs> I am woman, hear me roar, all of that. And, you know, that was kind of the start of it all, I suppose. And, and I'm one to celebrate my femininity. And Absolutely. so I'm not, yeah, right. Yes. But I, I just, for some reason, I thought about that song. And so this is where I want, I, I want to go a little deeper on this thought, because I think, I think that's a beautiful picture you paint about a, a little pink heart and a blue heart, and then the blending, becoming a purple heart, looking to God, seeking him and allowing him, you know, being dependent first on him and allowing him to, to shade all of our, our union. And, but what does that really mean? You hear also a lot about, we are 50-50. He does the garbage, I do the meal. He does the blah, I do the blah. What is, how, how does this look actually on a day-to-day -day level? How do you, how do you have that blending and it's on a functional level? Does that make I, sense? Well, yeah. And I think it's because, I mean, it all goes, it all goes back to what purple really looks like because you can't have a fully purple heart if you, you know, if, if you're not both doing all the things, if you're not both fully invested, if you're not both, you can't just give 25% of your heart or 50% of your heart. You have to give all that you have every day. And thankfully, you know, God in his grace, he, he doesn't say you have to be perfect every day. He says, you need me every day and you're going to do your best every day. And I'm going to bridge all the gaps that you leave every day. Um, but yes, we want to weigh things um, on human scales because that's what we understand, right? And so we want everything to be equal and balanced. And, and the reality is that God has, um, he wants us to be fully invested, whatever that looks like for that day. If it's um, because our spouses maybe are functioning at 10% that day and 10% is their everything that day because they're depressed or because they're sick or because they're um, maybe stressed out about something at work, right? I don't say that day, you're only doing 10%. So I'm just going to do 10% too. I'm going to like bridge the whole gap knowing that he's giving it his best 
that day. And here's the other, so this is where this lie sneaks in. The we we have got to do better at assuming the best about our spouses. Amen. We have a, we have a tendency to assume the worst, which is totally a tactic of our enemy, right? Yes. Because most of us are not sitting around thinking about how we're going to destroy our spouses that day. Right. We're not, they're not sitting around thinking, how can I make my wife's life harder today? They're not. Um, everybody, life is hard sometimes and the trials are real and depression is real and the struggles are real. But most people are not intentionally being awful people. We're just doing the best that we can that day. Mm -hmm. And when we can get that and assume that our spouses are doing their best that day, girl, it, it changes everything. It changes our responses to them. It changes their responses to us. It changes the whole dynamic of our home, of our conversations, of our interaction with our kids, right? Everything changes. Um, so one thing that I say it all the time because God says it to me all the time, when God changes our hearts, everything changes. We, we so often want to fix someone or, or fix the problem or, and, and we're doing it with judgmental eyes, making terrible assumptions and trying so hard to be independent and make sure they do their 50% of everything that we miss the whole heart that God mm -hmm. says, when I change your heart, everything changes yeah, because everything beautiful. you do changes. Everything you see changes. Everything you believe changes. And, mm -hmm. and girl, it works. It, it doesn't work because it's a magic formula. It works because he's all along. The whole Bible is about, I love you and I want you to be more like me. Yeah, that's and beautiful. We, girl, his plan is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. And, um, you know, if we, so to go back to the heart thing, then I was having this argument with Jesus one day. Do you ever argue with Jesus? Yeah, I do. I do, I do yeah. too. He can okay. Well, occasionally I, I do remember one time I got so angry with the Lord that I, I, I actually said, I am not talking to you anymore. It was so, I look back on that. I'm like, Victoria, what were you thinking? And you know, that lasted like three hours because yeah. I was so resolved not to, because then something happened and I actually needed him. And so I was like, um, <laughs> You know what I said about not talking to you? Let's put that over here for now because I really need you with this. Right? So, oh my gosh. Yeah. We do. We do. So in my argument with the Lord one time, I was asking him because um, he brought us through hell. I mean, I would like to say we walked through hell. We crawled through hell. We didn't. He dragged us through <laughs> hell. Dragged us kicking and screaming and griping and all the things. He dragged us. And you know why he did it? It's because he loves us. And it's because there was something waiting on the other side. And I, and I think that if we knew the tactics of our enemy and how much he wanted to destroy the marriages that God gave us, because mm -hmm. it's like the greatest gift he gives us here on earth, right? If we, if we knew how much our enemy was working against us, we would, we would begin to recognize the right battle. And so as I was having this argument with Jesus one day, I was like, God, okay, I know you love us. I know you saved us. Like I get all of that, but why did we have to fall so far? Why did it have to get so bad? Why did we have to screw everything up so bad? Like why, why did we just keep falling and falling and falling and falling? And I just heard him speak deep in my spirit. He said, cause when you finally hit rock bottom, you would know I was the rock on the bottom and you would put your feet back down and you would stand mm -hmm. back up. And I was like, Oh, cause that's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. We floundered and we fought and we, you mm -hmm. know, tread water for years and years and years, trying to change one another, trying to conform one another into our image, trying to, you know, do this, this, half is yours and this half is mine and 
we tried to do all the things that the enemy convinced us, you know, was, was truth and none Mm -hmm. of it worked and none of it worked because it wasn't God's design. And so as, um, we're going to revert back to the hearts for a second. So the same thing this day that, um, I was preparing for this, um, chat I did in, in my group regarding, you know, God, God's heart is to make us purple. He's not trying to make me blue and Jesse shouldn't try to make me blue either. And I shouldn't be trying to make Jesse pink. I should let him be blue because I need him to be blue and he needs me to be pink. And God is going to make us both purple. God's going to do that part. So I was asking him again about this hard stuff. Why does the hard stuff have to be so hard? Why why, when we really love each other, does it have to get so bad? And so then this, I told you, I think in pictures, I imagined a vinaigrette, okay? And, you know, oil and vinegar, okay? Right. Well, oil is too oily and vinegar is too vinegary. But what does it take to unite those two substances, to, to unite them? Shaking up. Sure does, sure does. And he just said to me, I shake you up sometimes because I love you, because I know what happens. I know the bonds that can form as a result of the shaking. And if you just trust me and if you stop fighting him and you start fighting your enemy, if you start loving fully and being totally transparent and totally honest and totally gracious and stop trying to just do your 50%, if you do all of it all the way, all the way, those bonds will form. Mm. There's no chance that they won't. Right. The, the shaking is for our good. The shaking is because he loves us. Yes. And, you know, I have two things I want to mention. And one of them is, would, would be about the toxic words, always and never. Ooh. And when we get into that mindset and that disposition of using he always, or she always, or you always, or you never, when we get into that, that is so divisive Mm -hmm. and it's also not true. Most likely it's quite not true, literally not true. It's hard to always do something or never do something. Right. But do you, do you hear that a lot in your groups or is that you know, as far as contention goes and the hardships, and even when you and your husband were walking, were being dragged through hell, was, was that a part of your vocabulary then? Oh yeah, for sure it was because it's a statement about my heart. If I say he always does something or never does something, that's not a statement that is true. That's a statement about the state of my own heart, which is I'm not seeing clearly. My, mm-hmm. my vantage point is skewed, right? And so slowly what began to happen is God began to show me just so many things. And he was so gracious and it was never, it was never a matter of love. It was never a matter of whether we loved the Lord. It was a matter of our enemy wanted to divide us and he was doing it very successfully because we began to, um lean into feelings more than truth. Mm, We began to let our feelings be so loud that they blocked out what was true. Um, This is like, so that reminds me of um, the five love languages, right? Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful book. I love that book. Um, I'm super thankful for it because I do think that it helps us understand our own love language and other people's love language. However, however, I'm super physical touch, like over the top, crazy, like physical touch. And my husband is acts of service. That's a beautiful thing. But as his wife, my enemy is going to convince me that my husband might be less affectionate one particular day because there's something wrong with me or because there's something wrong with him or there's something wrong in us. Instead of me acknowledging the fact that he went to work, he paid the bills, he fixed the vehicle, he's been gone for 14 hours, and he's just human man that's tired. My enemy is going to, he, our love languages are pretty obvious, and he's going to use all of my own fears, all of my own lies, 
and he's going to convince me that if my husband doesn't do this particular thing, then he must not really love me. And God, Victoria, God is so gracious and so huge that he actually like in the Bible wrote us a chapter about what love actually is. What is love anyway? <laughs> like if we go there, I could have looked and I've been like, well, was he patient today? Yeah. Was he maybe a little frustrated today? Yeah, but he was honest about it. And love is honest and love is still there the next day. Love doesn't go away on a bad day. Like there were so many loving things that he had been doing that I couldn't see because I was looking through my own filter instead mm. of through Jesus's eyes. Yeah. I love that to because I think that when we even engage the thought, he doesn't love me anymore. She mm -hmm. doesn't love me anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what happens in our brain when we do oh. that, when we even verbalize it, when we begin thinking about it, ruminating on it, repeating it, and then verbalizing it, what happens is our brain is on high overload gear to try to prove that thought right. Yep. And you're, you're, you're spot on. Then our vision becomes skewed because yep. we're only, we're micro-focusing on any little teeny thing we can find that proves he doesn't love me anymore or yes. she doesn't love me anymore. I mean, it's a, it's really a phenomenal thing, but the good news is when we take those thoughts captive, when we, we are being transformed, God says, be transformed. It's a commandment and our minds are being renewed in the process. Then we can use these tools to our advantage and we can say, okay, hold on. Just like you did in your example, let me, let me say, did he do these things? Yes, yes, yes. He is loving and kind. He is here by his presence. He he just helped the kid with the homework. He just like changed the oil in the car. Whatever those things are that are demonstrations of love, when we can reframe those thoughts, mm -hmm. then our brain will begin really looking for evidence to prove yep. that thought right. So I'm so thankful that you, that you mentioned that, that he doesn't love me. She doesn't love me thought, because that is one that we all want to be loved. And of course we, it's a tender thought and we want to be loved and accepted, not rejected and cast away. We desire that we long for that. We hunger for that, which is one of the reasons that we long and hunger for God in the first place, because we have to have someone higher than us to demonstrate that love God did it so much to the extent that he allowed his own son to die on our behalf for all this junk and these choices that we do make that that are foolish but what a what a that's just such a good a good thought to have I, I want to ask you one other thing to Neil and yeah. I'm still I'm still on the purple heart and the that beautiful picture of combining the pink and the blue and to where we become one in a new way. But right off the bat, I'm thinking, wait a minute. And some of this may be worldliness that is impacting me. I don't know, but God also says that he's gifted us individually and that we Absolutely. are unique creatures and he has a calling on my life. And Absolutely. so- Right. And so a part of my calling is quite individualistic and it's unique to me. So what do we do with, you know, this is my passion. This is my ministry, my purpose. I'm gifted in this area. And, and then I'm with someone else. How do, and he has that, how do we combine it that way? Well, absolutely. That's a great question because the reality is that, um, that we we are doing different jobs while being one, right? And so really, I think that the problem becomes when we think we're supposed to do it on our own. The, the thought that this is mine, as opposed to um, everything that you do, Victoria, is beneficial to your husband or, or, or hurtful to your husband, right? Mm -hmm. Um, just like everything that he does will be good for you or bad for you, because whatever is good for me 
is also good for my husband. That's like, that's just how God made it. And so I don't think it's, it's not a statement about the fact that God doesn't have specific callings on our lives, but that we need to be really aware that what we are doing is also for our spouses to bring glory to God, to bring us closer to one another. And, and that's, that's beautiful because we cover more territory, right? If we're doing the exact same thing in the exact same place all the time, the, the impact that God wants us to make on the world might not be the same as if my husband is called to do this and I'm called to do this. But these two callings are never going to be in conflict with one another. That doesn't mean there's never going to be moments where we have to like, you know, he's going to have to like give a little and I'm going to, I don't mean that. I mean, there's never going to, God's never going to ask me and my husband or give us two callings that cannot work together. And we Mm -hmm. have a tendency to think that we have to pick that if this is my career, I have to do all of this and I'm going to let this suffer. And he has a tendency to think that this is mine. I have to do all of this. And then this suffers. Instead, when we both realize our priority is still home, our priority is still together. Our priority is still communicating about what God is doing in my life and in his life and praying together. And um, then the impact, the impact still grows, but the, the foundation of our homes is still built on the rock. It's not, it's not shaking. It's not Sandy's shore. It's not, um, it's not going to wash away while we're doing what God is asking us to do because the stability is still at home. Mm -hmm. The stability is still on Jesus. Right. Um, I think that, I think that what tends to happen in our world right now is we tend to be so career focused or so ministry focused and those aren't bad things they become bad things though when they become our priority over our family which is our greatest ministry it would have to take a lot of prayer I think and and so wonderful to be like-minded in that but let's say we'll just paint a different picture if For, for those who are married right now, I'm thinking of my listener and they're like, well, I do this. My husband does that. And I like to, you know, go play tennis and he likes to golf. And, you know, what do you say about those maybe little hobbies that we have that, you know, how do you do those? And, or the person who says we don't have common interests or many common interests, how does the blending happen then? God, God did make us on purpose, right? Psalm 139 says he knit us together in our mother's womb. He knit us specifically together for a purpose. So I do have a purpose and Jesse does have a purpose. But if I begin to believe that my purpose is to help everyone more than it is to be his helper, then my balance is going to be off. And if he begins to believe that his job is to help the whole world more than it is to be my husband, then the balance is going to be off. And so it's not that God doesn't ask us to have relationships and do things on our own, because that's, that's important because my personality is very different than my husband's and the people that um, God is going to use Jesse Bradley to speak to are going to be different than the people that he's going to use me to speak to. So, so those are both really important. Um, like when we think about the body of Christ and that we all have a part, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's the same idea that, that God gives us when we talk about the body of Christ, that we are one, but we're all doing different jobs. Right. Very good. That's a great illustration on that. But the problem becomes when I think I don't need the hand or I don't need the eye or that I've got it, I'm supposed to do so much of this that I run away from the body. So, so I think that, I don't know if that helps. Oh, definitely. I was thinking, yeah, like in just in interests, but I think what you're saying also is another critical element of quote successful marriages or marriages God God's way let's say 
where there is sacrifice and that is an integral part of yes god gifted us uniquely yes we have a calling yes we do become one and god is that foundation and but that doesn't mean i'm not going to have to sacrifice it's not like it's there is a sacrificial element to every single marriage every relationship and modeled by jesus himself so you know washing of the feet and just his service to mankind service quote service so we can't forget that sacrificial nature but what about the wife who is like i'm always yikes i said it i'm always sacrificing and he's not or i'm or even in your own experience, I don't know which one of you, you or your husband actually made the first step toward that kind of heart surrender. I mean, how'd you work your way out of that once you were dragged through hell and you're like, okay, we are now on the rock or rock bottom. So how from there, who, who did one of you take the first step or was it kind of like timing wise mutual so I think I've asked you two questions there. I'm sorry. That's like an interview faux pas. You don't ask two questions at once, but I goofed. <laughs> so take whichever one makes sense to you or you want to you wanna speak to. So I think that it just goes back to um, in, the middle, in the middle of our struggle, okay, we had to choose. Everybody has to choose. We have to choose every day, whether we're going to lean into truth or we're going to lean into lies because they're very two, two very different paths. And leaning into feelings often is leaning into lies if we lean too far. Feelings are super important. They are. God gives them to us because they connect us. We can have compassion. We can um, mourn with those who mourn, right? Mm -hmm. We can laugh with those who laugh. Emotions are important. But when we lean too far into them, we become uh super selfish and narcissistic and forget that anybody else has emotions regarding that situation. So uh, now like to get to your question, to me, it really became a point when I realized, and it happens in our marriages, we can, we can truly love one another. Um, we can truly love the Lord and we can forget who he says we are. Mm. And when we forget who he says we are, we are prone to make decisions that are self-destructive, right? We are prone to like depression um, is a real thing where I have been depressed before. I would not wish it on my worst enemy. I made choices in that depression that do not reflect what I believe. They do not reflect who I know I am. They do not reflect anything that is true. It was merely a reflection of I was struggling in my flesh was in my feelings and and God's grace is big enough that he knew that it wasn't a matter of love. It was a matter of a struggle. And so at some point in the downward spiral, I just had to dig into his word and I had mm. to let his truth be the loudest thing that I would hear. And that happened by like constantly. I mean, there was constantly like Caleb and Christian music and I'd play audio Bible and to compensate for how loud the lies in my head were. The lies didn't just immediately go away because I was depressed and I was struggling, but the truth, I intentionally made it loud. Like went out of my way to make it loud, to hear it, to think it, to, to say it, to, um, and what happened over time, because you know how our brains are wired and God knows how our brains are wired, over time, what I realized was the more I would speak God's word, the more I began to believe it. The more I would speak truth, the more my brain would engage in what was true. Absolutely. And, and he's so gracious. I mean, there is a reason why he says, think on things that are lovely and good and true. It's because he knows we're going to struggle. He knows we're going to get depressed. He knows life is hard. And we have to practice thinking on what is lovely and good and true. Because when we do, we begin to believe it. That's right. And that is exactly 
what happened to me in so many ways. I have, we have such a similar story in that way when I was depressed back in 2016. And I've told this story, the, the listeners will know, I've told it numerous times, but that depression really gripped me. And from that, if you fast forward to now, I was able to look back and say, what exactly did I do? When I went, when I started my journey to take thoughts captive and to have a renewed mind and to find that joy and that mind of Christ and what did I do? And so I outline a seven step process. Now, nobody really likes steps or methods. We want the end result. But the truth is, is that if you really want change in your marriage, if you really want personal change, if you want change in your health patterns and habits if with your wealth and finances and, and your relationships and your emotions, you're spot on. Thank goodness we have emotions. When I take a dip, I know that, ooh, what am I thinking about? That's my first thought to myself. What are you thinking about, Victoria? Because I can nail it. I'm so much faster on that. Use the same process that I you know, that I discovered really and kind of helped to, to walk people through. But, but it's, it's powerful. Our thoughts are so powerful. You hear people saying, live your best life. Well, no. How do you do that? You start by living your best thought life. It really does start with the choices that we have of which thoughts to engage, whether they're, they're lies or they're truth. Like you say, I kind of add some, sometimes a thought could be you know, do I want to go to uh, Los Angeles? And there's nothing that's benign. Right. However, it could conjure up thoughts that may be toxic for me, for example, or by association or past memories or, right. so some thoughts aren't either truth or lies necessarily right. to me. They're just otherwise, you know, nondescript, but but what you described to Neil is really a part of that process for me. And it's, it's grabbing hold of the truth and allowing the truth to lead you because we know God is truth and he yes. is our guide and he yes. will lead us on paths of righteousness and in the directions that we need to go to find peace and freedom and health and wholeness and joy and despite the externals despite who our spouse is despite how our spouse may treat us or we feel treated in a myriad of scenarios it really does start with our relationship with the lord and your your kind of your breaking point there was making god's word and his truth louder than those enemy lies she had been believing and that is a that is a powerful and a practical step that any listener could do now. Maybe there's a listener struggling with, who am I? I'm listening to, you know, all these other, you know, this other input, but who does God say I really am? And who does God say he is? And what does God say about my situation? When we begin putting our thoughts in that direction, mm -hmm. allowing him to define those things, then our emotions and feelings and our actions will follow suit. So what a great um, testimony. Do you have any last minute thoughts or anything else you wanna share before we talk about where folks can reach out and contact you? You know, the only, the thing that just popped in my head um, and I won't take too much longer, but um, as we were just talking about forgetting who we are. And when I dug into God's word, I began to not only, first and foremost, I remembered who God was and that he was big enough to fix the mess that we made. Not only was he big enough, but he actually likes fixing messes that we are incapable of fixing because he gets the glory then, right? Right. So, but as I did that, I began to remember who I was. And as I began to remember who I was, I began to remember who Jesse was. And Aww. something incredibly important happens when we tell people who God says they are. We're mm. really good about doing this with our kids. We're really good about recognizing that kids that hear things like you are smart and you are beautiful and you are kind and God made you for a purpose. Those kids are much more likely to walk in that than the kids that are beat down all the time. And God does not call us by our sin. He doesn't look at me who has told a lie before, right? We, we have all sinned. He doesn't sure. look at me and say, you big liar. That's not how he sees me. 
So if we can speak into people who God says they are, not mm-hmm. only do they begin to believe it, but they begin to walk in it yeah. because the truth is so powerful. And so if I guess you you made a comment a minute ago and it just made me think of the listeners that maybe there's maybe they know who they are, but their spouses have forgotten. Like yes. call your spouse by the names God calls them and just see what happens. Because we get to speak life. I mean, we are made in his image and words are powerful. And he gives us the opportunity and privilege of being his tangible arms and speaking life into the darkness. Yeah, I love that. That that changes everything. It does. And I want to tell you one other thing, Janelle, that this came up in my mind also. I I like, I don't know if you've heard of David Lee, Dr. David Levy, but, or Levy, I'm not sure how he says his last name. I think it's Levy, but he, he was a neurosurgeon, a Christian neurosurgeon and you know, would pray for his patients at one point. His story is just phenomenal. I love listening. He has a podcast. And one of the things that he said he did with his wife, he noticed that if he got up in the morning and maybe he had a backache or something, maybe his neck was hurting and, and, you know, he just kind of woke up on the wrong side of the bed and just didn't feel quite right. And then he would, of course, verbalize that to his wife, like, you know, I just didn't sleep well. I'm feeling lousy. I'm, you know, I just, my back hurts. And immediately those words are there. And, and, and yes, it may be a reflection of, of how he's really feeling, but he did this marvelous switch on that. And it's a practice that he and his wife do to this day. They do not ask each other when they first get up, oh, hi, how are you? How are you this morning, honey? They don't ask that question anymore. Do you know what question they ask each other? What? You're going to love this. They ask each other, who is God to you today? Oh, I do love that. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. And so let's say yes. his wife asks him that. He could say, God is my healer. Because then it, it reaffirms that, okay, yeah, I got this backache, but oh God, you're my healer. Help me to yep. do things today that I need to do to, you know, partner with you in that. Or it's just such a beautiful, or maybe... Maybe, you know, I, the wife is, I woke up worrying about those bills or that our finances, or I'm not sure we should make this investment. So when he asks his wife, and I'm, this is made up now, but if he were to ask her, you know, who is God to you today? She might say, God is my provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. Do you see the power in that? It's so powerful, Victoria, because First and foremost, you're acknowledging what's true in you that day, right? We're not supposed to pretend we don't have struggles, but when we realize our struggle, then we remember who, like, if we remember who God is, the struggle disappears Yeah. or, or if it doesn't disappear, we remember that he's big enough to handle it. Exactly. And he's in charge. He's in control. He loves us that much. We invite, it's a way to invite him in to our little purple heart that is based on us in his image he's there with us present and he's a part of everything and it's it's bringing us back that north star that anchor and it sets the tone of the day for crying out loud that's what i want i want to and i ask myself that almost every morning i'm like victoria who's God to you today yeah you know those are things you you hear once and you're like oh that just penetrates so much and and we need that so oh tenille you are just priceless precious i i love this and i know that you're you're sharing your testimony and saying you know what we my husband and i are not perfect it doesn't mean perfection here we've been through hard trials and hardships but when we kind of hit that rock bottom foundation god is our rock and acknowledge that and begin to change a few things in our relationships with each other and bringing the truth in there louder than all the other junk that's trying to get our attention and things started to change and healing started to happen and now you're sharing that story with so many other women so how can people reach out to you um Absolutely. So you can find me on Facebook. I have a group for women called Weaving Grace and Truth. 
um, because one without the other just doesn't work. So weaving grace and truth, um, marriage support for Christian wives. And then I also have um, a page, Tessie Bradley, personal marriage trainer, where people can learn about the 18 week program. I know, like you said, people are like, oh, 18 weeks, but you know what it takes to make long-term habits, right? It takes time. Mm -hmm. It takes practice. It takes somebody to remind you what you're supposed to be doing. Um, sometimes it helps if that person is a physical, tangible human being that can actually poke you a little bit. <laughs> right. Accountability oh. is everything. We need yes. that. Yes. And girl, God is so incredibly huge. Like I just know I have spent so much time since since our hard time, he has showed me his heart for marriage and it is so incredibly beautiful. Like it doesn't matter how far you've fallen. It doesn't matter what seems impossible because God is not only is he big enough, mm -hmm. but marriage is so incredibly precious to him that um, we need to do everything that we can to save it and to protect it and to preserve it. And we are so much better than I ever like like not, and I'm not just saying this, like so much better than we ever dreamed possible, thought possible. Like he is, Jesse is so much better than my best friend. Like he is, God wants all of that for our marriages. And so I just want people to know, it doesn't matter what it looks like right now. There is something so beautiful on the other side of the valley. If you're willing to look for Jesus in it. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Thank you so much for tuning in. And say, if you like what you hear, please consider sharing this link to the show with a friend or a family member who you think might be encouraged by the inspiring and hope-filled messages that I try to put out every single week. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.